Open up your Bibles if you brought, brought it to 1 Samuel 17. If not, it's fine. We'll put it up on the screen. But I want to talk to you just for a few minutes this morning. A very brief message entitled, Taking His Sweet Time. How many of you have ever felt like God was taking His sweet time? <laughs> Can I get an amen? And whether it's you're waiting for him to open up the next door and kind of usher you into the next season, or if you're waiting for him to fulfill some of the desires in your heart or some of the promises he's spoken to you, I think most of us can relate with this idea. It's like, God, what on earth is taking you so long? And it's easy to say, God, it just feels like you're taking your sweet time. But what I want to say this morning is sometimes it feels like God is taking his sweet time Because he is taking his sweet time. And he is absolutely committed to preparing us for the things that he knows are coming. He's a good father, and so he refuses to take shortcuts in the process of preparing us for the things that are coming. The good things, but also the trials and tribulations. He's committed to this process, and so sometimes it's like, oh, God. And he, he's, he's in that season with you. But I think he says to each of us, I'm not going to take shortcuts on this because I love you too much, because I'm too committed to you to take shortcuts. I want to show you this picture. This is a picture of one of my daughters from a few years ago. And she's got these bovines staring at her. And when I see this picture, it reminds me that when she's a teenager, when she's 15, 16 years old, it's not going to be cows staring at her. They're going to be testosterone-filled, hormone-filled teenage boys staring at her, jockeying for position. Hey, who's that girl? See, as her father, I know that day is coming. And because I love that sweet little girl, I'm so committed to preparing her for what I know. She has no idea is coming. But I do. And so I'm prepared to, I'm committed to preparing her for that day. Because when that day comes, and when she has these guys kind of staring at her and, hey, Avery, what I want her to be ready for is, I don't want her to get her identity from the attention of teenage boys. I want her to be prepared already. I want that issue to be settled in her heart. I want her to know that she's special because God made her. She's wonderfully and fearfully made, not because a few guys are giving her some attention. And so when I think about the ways that I prepare my kids, and all of you who have kids, it's the same thing for you. You will intentionally prepare your sons and daughters. And if, if we do this, how much more does God prepare us as his sons? How much more does he love us? It's amazing. And so this theme flows all the way through scriptures. And uh, one example of this is in 1 Samuel 17. We don't have the time to go into very many of these examples. But if you think about David, think about how intentional God was to prepare David for what he knew was coming. So David was out in the shepherd's field with his sheep. I mean, you talk about obscurity. Being in a season of obscurity, it was like, God, have you forgotten about me? But meanwhile, he's out there, he's worshiping, he's seeking God. And little did he know that as he was shepherding these lowly sheep, God was preparing him to shepherd all of Israel. And then the day came when 
Goliath stood before the, the armies and taunting Israel. And, and look, at, uh, look at David's response here. For Samuel 17, we have it here on the screen, starting in verse 34. So David goes to King Saul, and he said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I mean, who is this guy? I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. See, David was ready. David could stand before Goliath with this deep confidence because David had confidence that God had prepared him. He had, he had got him ready for that day. And so when that day came, there was no wavering. He, he knew who his God was, and so he stood there with confidence. And one of the things about God preparing us, he's preparing every one of us. You know, I look around the room, and you guys are each in different seasons. Some of you are younger. Some of you are just a little bit older. But you're in different seasons of life. But here's the reality. God's not done with, with any of us. Like Pastor Brady said a couple of weeks ago, if you're still breathing, if you still have a pulse, God's not done with you. And he is still preparing you. He's, he's still getting you ready for the good things that are coming. But we have a choice. We can participate in that process. We can cooperate with God as he's preparing us. Or we can kind of drag our feet and just kind of complain that it's taken him too long. I was reminded of this uh, about 11 years ago before I was married. I, had, I was a brand new pastor here on staff at New Life. And I had such a strong desire to be married and have a family. And so I, I would I'd launch in prayers to God every day. God, come on, help, help me out here. You know my desire. I want to get married. But I really, didn't, uh, I really didn't hear God speak to me on this particular topic. I didn't know what he was doing. I had a strong desire to get married, but it wasn't like he said, Gabe, uh, this is who you're going to marry. And so it was kind of mysterious to me. But I just kept praying. I kept asking, God, I want to be a husband. I want to be a dad. And so one Sunday after church, I went home, and I was going to take a little afternoon nap. And so I, as soon as my head hit the pillow, I felt like God impressed an idea upon me. And the idea was to get up, get out of bed, and go buy some cheeseburgers and drive down to the Acacia Park downtown and, and minister to the homeless, feed the homeless. And I'm thinking, God, I just want to take a nap. I don't want to go. I'm tired. How about another day? And I just sensed it was him. It was like he was watching me. He, he gave me this idea. He didn't force me. He didn't command me. It was more like, hey, why don't you do this? And I just sensed that he was watching to see how I would respond in this situation. So I got up, went to my truck, picked up some cheeseburgers, and I'm driving downtown. I'm not even praying. I'm not even being spiritual in the moment. I'm just driving downtown. And seemingly out of the blue, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart. And he says, Gabe, I hear your prayer for a wife. And he said, I'm preparing you. Because if you want to be married, you better get used to serving when you don't feel like serving. 
you better get used to doing things that you don't feel like doing. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> and so it was like he was smiling, saying, I, I hear your prayer. I'm preparing you. Gabe, I'm preparing you in ways you have no idea I'm preparing you. And then, sure enough, when the time was right, I met this pretty little lady, which is a whole separate story, God's story. But I look back on that season and say, wow, when I felt like God, uh, I knew he was hearing my prayer, but it's like, God, why are you being silent on this issue? Where, what are you saying? What are you up to? He was preparing me. He was busy preparing me in ways that I didn't even realize. And so from that day forward, I had to intentionally choose to serve when I didn't feel like serving because I wanted to cooperate with what God was doing in that season to prepare me. So here's a question I have for you. How, what is God preparing you for? Do you have any idea? Do you have even... Uh, oftentimes when I, when I sit down and meet with men, one of the most common things that a man will talk about is they sense this kind of quiet rumbling inside. And the rumbling is often uh, regarding their work. And so it's like, ah, I don't know if this is it. Like, I just feel like there's something more. Can anybody relate with that? It's like, you know, I'm thankful for a job. I'm thankful for a paycheck. But I just sense there's something more. I, I've heard that so many times. I think it's very common for us as men. And so what I'll often ask uh, as I sit with those men is, is how is God preparing you for what's coming, and how can you cooperate with them? Sometimes when we keep asking God questions and we don't feel like we're getting answers, sometimes we need to change the question to, okay, God, how are you preparing me, and how can I cooperate? How can I obey in this season? Because we can have full confidence He is preparing us. He is at work. So think about your life. Think about where you're at in this season. How do you think God is preparing you? What do you think he's doing? How is he working behind the scenes? How is he aligning things? What's he doing in your own heart and soul to form you and shape you and get you ready for what he knows is coming? Some of that still might be a little bit mysterious, but I have confidence that if you stay with this question, he'll give you some answers. And the question is, is how can I cooperate, God? How can I cooperate with you? Now, there are three simple things I'll, I'll uh, close with here. Three simple ways that we can cooperate with God in the season of waiting. And the number one thing that he said to me as I've asked that question is worship and, and prayer. He said, Gabe, worship and pray. You don't have all the answers. You don't know what's coming, and it's okay. Just worship and pray. And then I have a choice. Am I going to respond and worship and pray? And every time I worship and pray, I am cooperating with the process of preparation. Think about this. He wants to prepare you for greater influence. He does. He wants you to have more influence. And as you worship and pray, you are cultivating something in your heart and soul that will be able to better handle that influence so that the influence that God wants to give you won't taint your relationship with him. So worship and prayer is the first one. The second one is wholehearted engagement. What's the very thing that God has put right in front of us? I think this is so huge. We have this rumbling. Oftentimes it's like, I feel like there's something else. I don't know what it is. I just sense that there's something more that God is calling me into. But what is the thing that God has literally put right in your hands right now? 
And he wants us to wholeheartedly engage. And I think this is the temptation for a lot of men. We think, okay, I really, this is what God has put in front of me, maybe. <laughs> but this is where I'm at. If I wholeheartedly engage, won't that just take me deeper down that, that track that I really don't want to be on? And I think God said, no, 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 be a good steward wholeheartedly engage with what I've put right in front of you. And as you do that, you're actually being a good steward. And then you're showing him that you can handle more and more and more. So what are those things he's literally put right in front of you right now? Wholeheartedly engage in those. Just like the Bible says, Colossians 3, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. Maybe you're in a season where you're having a hard time with your boss, and it's like, man, this is is brutal to go to work. And Colossians 3 says, hey, whatever you do, even if your boss is hard to work with, work wholeheartedly and do it unto the Lord. Find him. Find him in the work. And then the third thing is pay attention. Pay attention. What what is it about your work or what is it about the season of life uh, where you're at right now where God is actually wanting to, to teach you so that you'll be ready for what he has coming down the road. And God is a master of taking some really obscure things and using those obscure things in profound ways. I mean, think about David, shepherding sheep in obscurity, and then he, he turns around and finds himself as the anointed shepherd of Israel. I mean, God is, is so brilliant at this. So what is it about your season of life right now? We're like, man, I don't know how this is all going to work out. But pay attention. What are you seeing in your work? Or what are you seeing in this season of life? Just be really observant. Be curious. Ask God, open my eyes to see the things in this season that you really want me to see. I'll close with this story. Some of you have heard it, but I think it fits in with this. I've, I've uh, been at New Life for uh, 12 years now. And the first eight years, I was serving in children's ministry. And that's not where I thought I would be serving. I was like, whoa, God, I'd... I never really wanted to be a children's pastor, and yet this is the work that you've given me. And so I thought it'd be maybe one or two years before I would move on to something else. And so uh, four years into it, I'm still like, God, where, wow, where are you at? This is not what I want to be doing. And, and, um, and so four years into it, he, he just spoke to my heart one day, and he said, Gabe, disciple men. And that wasn't on the radar at the time. That wasn't something that I, that I was really thinking much about. But I, I had a conviction that this is what God was saying to me. And so I just started praying into that and kind of believing that that was God that spoke to me. Well, fast forward three more years. So now seven years as a children's pastor. And by the way, there were times I, I just said, okay, God, this is where you're, you have me. And I found joy in it. I don't want you to think that it, it was just because it wasn't the number one thing I wanted to do. I did find God in it, and I found joy in it. But seven years in, I'm still thinking, okay, God has spoken to me, and he said, disciple men. But that had been three years since he had spoken that. And this is what my, this is what my world looked like seven years in. I was working on a team of all women, literally 17 women and me. So picture that, me sitting in staff meetings looking at 17 women, that's a lot of estrogen in one room. Those were some interesting meetings. 
And so then I'm, so I'm working with all women. I'm ministering to all kids. And then I was also counseling at the women's medical clinic, the Dream Centers, which is another God story. And so I'm counseling women, uh, working with women, ministering to kids, everything except what I felt like God actually told me to do. And so one day I said, God, I must have missed the boat. I thought you said disciple men. I'm working with women, counseling women, ministering to kids. Where are you? And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment. And he said, Gabe, what have you seen as you've ministered to kids? And I thought about that. And my answer was that what I've seen is the importance of a man. The, the, the importance of a father. I saw that for eight years. And then he said, and as you've counseled these women and, and listened to their stories, what have you heard? So I thought about that. It was the impact of a man on a woman. And that was the light bulb moment where I realized, whoa, God, you are really good at this. You are really good at leading us in seasons where we, we have no idea what you're up to. And then you kind of flip over the canvas and say, hey, see, here it is. This is what I'm doing. And then fast forward about another year from that kind of light bulb moment, the epiphany I had. And then the door opened. New Life approached me and said, hey, what do you, what do you think about men's ministry? And I hadn't told them any of that. But again, I think it's God smiling. And while I was saying, God, you are taking your sweet time I think he was saying, yeah, I know. I was. But it's a good thing I was. I just want to encourage you just to close your eyes right where you're at. Let's just take a moment here. Because I feel this so strongly. that Some of you might even feel like God has forgotten you. He's forgotten your prayer. That maybe he doesn't care about your prayer. Maybe he doesn't care about uh, ushering you into a, a different season or granting the request of your heart or whatever. But. I just feel like this morning he wants, to, he wants to speak to you and say, I'm hearing you. I am. And I believe he wants you to know that he cares about you. He cares about the desires of your heart. I believe he wants to even say, hey, don't give up on these desires. Stay with them. But this morning, just in a in kind of a, a fresh way, will you kind of recommit to trusting God that he knows what he's doing? That he hasn't forgotten about you and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to lead you well. And then the last thing I want you to consider is, what was the last thing that God told you to do? What was the last thing that you can look back to and point to to say, yeah, I, I believe that's, God was telling me to do this. Again, remember, we have to cooperate with him in the process of waiting. So what was the last thing he told you to do, and have you done it? Have you been faithful to do it?
because maybe he's saying, hey, maybe he's telling you, it feels like you're taking your sweet time to do what I've asked you to do. Father, we know that you're so engaged in our lives, in every detail of our lives. You're intentional. You're strategic. And so for each of us, draw our attention to the things that you're doing to prepare us for the things that are coming. And show each of us what is our role in the process. How can we cooperate with you? How can we be obedient to you? in what you're asking us to do in the meantime. Give us discernment to recognize what you're up to in this season and how we can cooperate. In Jesus' name, amen.